Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Matt Camp. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I have a full recap of Monday Night Raw as we get closer to the WWE Super Showdown this Friday. Despite announcing he would be cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase on Raw, Brock Lesnar instead gave Seth Rollins the beating of a lifetime and said he'll be cashing in at Super Showdown instead. How will this saga play out? Undertaker vs. Goldberg at Super Showdown is a fantasy warfare matchup come to life. But does there need to be more of a story heading into it? Plus, things got weirder, if that's possible, on the Firefly Funhouse. We'll explain the hidden meanings of Huskies and the Satan Vince McMahon puppets. That's quite a sentence. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Here, here's what they say, Mark. This was the story, and then there was the video from Stephanie over the weekend of uh, the actions of, of Brock Lesnar were unacceptable with the Money in the Bank briefcase. I want to start with that. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. How because so? The, okay, right. Why does he have to follow any kind of rules when the rules with the Money in the Bank briefcase is you could do whatever you want with it. So right. they were saying he had to do something with it or they, they were not approving of his actions. All it was was, I thought it was kind of funny last week. It's like, wait, I got a year? All right, we're <laughs> out of here. I mean, that's like, yeah. some of these have gone on. Ziggler, Carmella have gone 200 plus days. And that's always kind of been the fun of it. I love the idea that he just doesn't pay attention so much. It was like, oh, wait, I got a year? Let's get the hell out of here. I mean, and then a week later, Heyman's saying he's going to cash in. So they did build up that story of he's saying we're going to make the announcement. We're going to appease the higher-ups and say tonight's the night I'm going to cash in. I talked about this with Tommy yesterday. I never thought it was going to happen, Mark. And obviously, as we saw last night, it didn't end up happening. But there was a lot of physicality, and they did build it up right out of the get-go. And they said breaking news that he's going to cash in tonight. So it gave you, I think, that way to tune in of, hey – even though the money in the bank is supposed to be a surprise, there's a very good chance tonight, and we're giving you this thought that Brock Lesnar is going to become the new Universal Champion. I think any time, Mark, that you can tease a potential major t- title change, you're going to get people to stick around, right? But you use the term a chance yes. that is going to happen rather than saying he's going to cash it in. So I, I was confused in the sense that you say, oh, I'm going to cash it in. And then you don't like that's counterproductive to me. I would have liked to seen something a little different. And when when I say I would have liked to seen something a little different, I mean I would have liked to seen it get to the point in the match where it looked like Baron Corbin was gonna keep Seth from actually being able to defend himself, whether okay. he cheated or he lost the match and he ran him into the pole or ran him into the stairs and he's laying half lifeless and then Brock comes down. It creates a different kind of feel when you see him vulnerable. Right. And once Brock gets in the ring and Paul is like, he hands Paul the briefcase. Paul walks over to the referee. Then Seth starts to come up. Now he's not so much in jeopardy. He's 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 getting he's pulling himself to his feet, and then Brock goes, not yet, right? And then he gets out, and him and Paul take a walk. That is is more of a uh, a scenario where you see it about to happen, 
but it doesn't happen. And you're you even you're not as you're not as pissed that it didn't happen because I, I saw there were people that were pissed. Of course they were. And, this was, and this justifiably was, this was, so. They should have been pissed. This was breaking news. This is going to happen. And I, we, I talked about it with Tom yesterday. I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't expect it to happen. And I don't know if that's because there have been, you know, advertised things on SmackDown for last month that are just that never happened or because it's Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar as heels and, hey, why would we follow through on something we say we're going to do when we really don't have to do that? And they didn't. Uh, let me ask you this. Couldn't they have thrown in here, knowing that Baron Corbin is the number one contender, couldn't they have thrown in the idea that he wouldn't want to face Brock Lesnar and maybe there's a reason for him to stop a cash-in yep. for the time there's being? There's always that option, too. Because then he's kind of in between this, right? I mean, he's a heel, but he also is a smart guy that nobody wants to face Brock Lesnar if he, you know, if he can avoid Brock Lesnar. Not that that hurts Seth, but there's a reason Brock was champion as long as he was. You can kind of have Baron Corbin kind of be the in-between and the chaotic guy in this whole thing where does he step in the way of Brock Lesnar? And Maybe that's pulling Seth. Maybe that's taking Seth away just to get him away from Brock Lesnar. Maybe, Mark, is that an intriguing way and maybe still something that's on the table for this weekend uh, to kind of throw a third man into this whole mix and give something for Baron Corbin to say, hey, uh, I can kind of sink my teeth into this thing here, and, and it adds a, a different element to the match and the, the cash-in potential. Yeah, I, I interviewed Baron yesterday, and I alluded to that fact, that that exact fact. I was like, wouldn't it be in your best interest to attack Seth Rollins to try to get your licks in now? And he was like, yeah, it would. And, and, and you know, maybe we could pull that clip. But I, I really do think that Baron has got some kind of underlying plan. And he doesn't care who has the title right? as long as he gets his opportunity. And um, that I'm not so much a fan of. I would... I would try to attack the smaller guy. I, mean, I would think so. The the law of the jungle, you know, you go after the weak. I mean, and and he, that's the thing is he did that last night, but he also knew that the cash-in could be coming, and he's got the title match on Friday. So, you know, I think now it, it the fact that Brock is going to cash in on Friday, now we need to hear from Baron Corbin because he's in the title match. Is that yep. after the fact? Is it, What if he cashes in on Baron Corbin instead? What if Baron does beat a beat down Seth Rollins and he cashes in on Baron instead? What, what's that possibility? I mean, that they didn't really talk about that. It was just, yeah, Baron's going to beat up Seth. I don't think, as you just said, wouldn't you want the smaller guy? That didn't make a lot of sense for Baron Corbin to beat up Seth because now he could be setting himself up for Brock Lesnar instead on Friday. Yeah, I think that... Uh... This is above you and I's pay grade. That's that's probably true. That's why we're doing <laughs> this on the morning. Have, we may have to get somebody that that knows a lot more than we do, like the, like the fans. I think that uh, they they always seem to have more of a pulse on everything other than we do. We're gonna talk to them coming up. Let's hear some some of the Brock and Seth interaction from last night. Rollins is down and out. Oh, here he comes. No. And here comes the beast. That steel chair in hand. And a referee in tow. And adv- the advocate Heyman with the contract. Here it comes. Lesnar marching to the ring to make good on his promise. And Rollins has been taken out after the end of days by Corbin. Seth Rollins is prone here. And oh, low blow by Lesnar. And now Lesnar with a chair. Brock Lesnar assaulting Rollins with a steel chair. We could have a new Universal Champion moment. Lesnar is mangling the steel chair across the spine of the champion. Brock! Brock! No! And a chair again to Rollins. You heard Lesnar tell Heyman, not now. The Beast inflicting maximum damage before the cash-in. We are all but guaranteed a new Universal Champion in moments. Seth Rollins can't stand. Trying to somehow make it back to his feet. The Beast with a relentless assault. And now Lesnar outside the ring. And a five to Rollins. He's got him. He's got him. He's got him. 
Rollins is defenseless. Brock Lesnar could not have been any clearer. Telling Paul Heyman, Friday, Friday, Friday is WWE Super Showdown. Friday, Mark. Brock likes Fridays. TGIF. He's a big fan. I think that's going to be one of our historical drops. Like, Friday, Friday, Friday. I promise the bell. Friday. Oh, every we always have a Friday. Friday drop from now on. Thank you, Brock. But you know what? I, I was with Paul. I was like, look, he's helpless. Cash it in. We said we were going to cash it in. Let's cash it in. So shouldn't there be repercussions then if he said, I promise that, you know, they Stephanie puts the video out. Brock doesn't cash in. Paul even says it there. I promise them you're going to do it tonight. The that's, that's the heat. Right. The fact that he's like, look, I called the shots. Sure. You don't but then call what's the, the Stephanie video about then? Like, there, what's the threat there? Is that an empty threat from the higher ups? No, I think that there's got to be some consequences now. Well, do there's the, got to be some consequences. Is that and is as that where said we go? in life? There's going to be consequences and repercussions. There should be. Well, then there and should there's, be. There's got to be some. Is that an announcement we get tonight or tomorrow? Of okay, you said you were going to cash in. You didn't. You said it's going to be Friday. Now we're not letting it happen on Friday because you beat up Seth Rollins too much. Is that maybe somewhere that they could go with that now? And now maybe they can – well, they have a contract, so it's not like they just changed the contract. Right. But I mean, they, Brock's can going also, they can make stipulations. If you don't cash it in by this time, then this match is going to be what we say it is. And I don't know if Brock wants to start – that that's the beginning of Brock becoming a babyface if that's if the authority starts to smack him around verbally and using their throwing their weight around. So I I want to I want to hope in my wildest dreams that Brock would never become a babyface because then we would see a lot of different things that we not we're not used to seeing. And you mean like I, I don't, the dancing. I don't want, and stuff like that that we saw the last couple of weeks. I don't. I don't mind the boombox. I don't. Mind. I don't either. I, I, told, I told Alex and Dave last week the boombox that that brings out a level of personality in Brock that I like. Right, but, but I don't want them to turn that up too much. I don't want to turn up too much. You're exactly right. Like let's don't turn it up to where we have Brock out there being a babyface. That's correct. That's not what we need. No, he should be. It was cocky what he was doing. That you know, right. I have this arrogant. Thing. I can hold it over you. That's what that was to me. And right. if I'm going to add a little personality to that, that's fine. There, there's something to that. It's a little different than what we've seen of him in the past. I mean, I, you know, I go back. He was like this in his first run at times. You know, the, the mariachi band and, and dancing around with the sombrero when he was, you know, feuding Eddie Guerrero, that kind of stuff. There's a little bit of element of, of cockiness to you, and I can kill you with, you know, like that if I want to. And that's what I felt like this was with the, the briefcase. You just can't go too far in that direction. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Did Seth Rollins take too big of a beating, though, to even make it to Friday at Super Showdown? to maybe have two title matches. It might go down to zero because he got the hell beaten out of him for multiple minutes. They put him on the ambulance, and they even make a point, and I think they were doing this to show the serious of it, to have put Becky in there, his real-life girlfriend, and then she gets on the ambulance, and they drive away. So I felt like they were hammering home the serious nature of the beating that he took, and I think that's got to put Mark Rollins in question to even be at the show on Friday. It, it does in, in, to, in a roundabout way, but I also look at it like Brock wants to make an example on the biggest stage. And they said that this match and this show was going to be bigger than WrestleMania. So why would you not do it on the biggest stage possible? That's a good way to, I mean, if he cares about that stuff, and I guess what does Samman always say, you know, you, you pay for my guy. You, you, 
he's going to make the most money and be at the biggest spots. He doesn't wrestle on Raw. He wrestles on pay-per-views. He wrestles at WrestleMania. He's going to wrestle at Super Showdown. He's done it before. He's going back there. But now, does he even make it there? If you're going to hammer home how bad of a beating that was, does Seth Rollins even make it there? That's the question. I mean, look, we know, Mark, that, that Lesnar's going to be there. Now, what is his role? Now, we got a tweet about this that I thought was interesting. Uh, Mike says, it would be very interesting for Brock to cash in his briefcase on Kofi on Friday. I mean, if they say tonight or tomorrow that Seth Rollins is not going to be there and they make that announcement, uh, I, I think it puts that in play that maybe Brock, and they've already teased this, could cash in on Kofi Kingston instead. And I wonder, Mark, if it doesn't get mentioned at all on television, if it makes it that much more of a chance to happen because then there's more of the surprise factor to it. You know what? I, I don't think that the surprise factor is is, is what is – kind of like the principle here. I think that going in and actually announcing on Friday is going to happen and Seth actually showing up. I think that people want to see, like, I mean, he even injured, you know, he, he said that I'm not afraid of you, Brock, but maybe that fear will come back if he's injured, if he's half a man, if he's got to go in there against a beast and not be the your normal burn it down Seth Rollins. So now you get that fear factor back. You get that intimidation. You get that him running a little bit like, oh wait a minute, let me let me find a way. Let me let me find a, a, a spot where I pick my spots. So uh it's back to the horror movie. Which is it's good. back to the big monster chasing the the docile, the 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 person that that can't defend himself against the monster, you have to outthink the monster. That's what. So the, let's 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 see if that if that happens. That's what the briefcase should always be. And now we talked about in the first segment the idea of obviously Baron Corbin having the Universal Title match, and would it make more sense to have him go after Seth and maybe stay away from Brock Lesnar? Uh, you talked to him yesterday when you were co-hosting on thirteen hundred The Zone in Austin. Let's hear from uh, Baron Corbin. Don't you feel that. like you'd be better off? Against Seth, one hundred percent. I know, I know Seth. Uh, I I know his style. I'm comfortable with his style, and you know, we all know, like I said, what Brock is capable of. So, not that you're running from Brock, not at all. But but I want someone too that that I'm going to see the next week if I need to. If I need to handle business again, I want to see him next week. And we don't know when Brock's coming around. If he has that that championship, you know, what's he going to do with it? Is he going to take six months off? I don't know. So I want Seth, who's there every night, uh, put it on the line. So there you go, Mark. I mean, he's got that's, the title match exactly anyway. It. it makes sense, and and that's why I wonder, would he try to stop something on Friday? You know what? I didn't think about it until you just brought that up. Hell yeah, of course he will do that. Now he will block it himself to make sure that he's in the best position sure. possible against the guy that he wants to take it against, and you know. After being in there with Brock, he's going to be beat up. Sure, absolutely. But does that give Baron Corbin a little bit of a baby face factor if he stops Brock Lesnar from cashing in on the on the, the champion that everybody loves? No, he's loves? being conniving. Well, I agree. It's a he's smart move. He's being low. And, and he's he's the chaotic guy he, in this whole thing. I like that idea. He is. He's actually being smart, and he's being a guy that – you know what? I'm going to stack the deck in my favor. It's like that guy you play cards with and they have long sleeves on. He's got <laughs> he's got the ace up his sleeve. That's what he's doing. He's he's making it palatable for himself. He's not thinking about uh how the honor of the title or none of that. He's he's thinking how can I make this easy for me and how can I be champion? Now Selfish. I want, him, I want him to steal the briefcase of baggage claim. On that's that's how I want him to do this. Oh God! Stay away from the physical inter. I'm kidding, but the physical interaction. If you could stay away from the physical interaction with Brock, do whatever you can to make sure he doesn't cash in. So your title shot is against Seth Rollins. Maybe that's the wild card in this whole thing. It is Baron Corbin, as he just said, wanting to have Seth Rollins instead of having to face Brock Lesnar. 
And until Brock has cash in that briefcase, Barron's got to worry about maybe having to face Brock Lesnar instead on Friday. That's a possibility. So there is some intrigue with that. He's playing chess while we're playing checkers. Well, we'll see what they decide to do uh, on Friday, obviously. But let's talk to the nation here a little bit because they have their thoughts. We'll start with Jeff in Portland, Maine. Jeff, who do you think comes out of Friday's Super Showdown as the Universal Champion? Seth Rollins. Okay. Seth Rollins, and I'll tell you why. Straight straight up. Straight up, because I kind of think that uh, saying Friday, what, three times? Yep. Makes you think. What what shows on in the fall on Fridays? SmackDown. Mm. Ah. Yeah. There mm. you go. As it's uh, this is what I like now with AEW, and uh, it's causing WWE, I think, to shake up things a little bit and to keep you guessing. A little more surprises. Um, this is this is what I like. So I'm tuning in. Thank you. So you got it, man. So there you go, Mark. There's something different there. You know, he didn't he didn't put a date on it. He didn't say a Friday, June seventh. He just said Friday. Now I don't know he if they're going Friday. that deep it, with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that because it's being touted as bigger than WrestleMania, Brock will be at Super Showdown on Friday, regardless. But that is an interesting point. That if he let's say doesn't cash in again, he can keep saying Friday. He knows he has a year, as he learned last week for the first time. He's got the year. And uh, wouldn't Brock Lesnar, Mark, holding the Money in the Bank briefcase, heading into a new television deal, add uh, another level of intrigue to SmackDown for the first time? Showing well, I, up there. I'll tell you, that, that would be a blockbuster announcement that on Friday Brock Lesnar is going to show up. And he's going to cash it in on the first and inaugural show. That's that's selling tickets. Now that's, that's putting butts in the seats. Do you think we get another issue though of boy who cried wolf because it was supposed to be last night and then it was supposed to be apparently this Friday? Well, let that be the story. Okay, that's the thing. Let Is he actually going he's, to do he's, it? He said that he was going to do it this week. He said he was going to do it next week. Oh, but. Now, it's for real now. Which is, by the way, what the money in the briefcase should be. There shouldn't be announcements. Yeah, I, I should think be it should be spontaneous. Up. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the company pushing back against that in storyline didn't make sense to me. But if he's going to be the one to say, yeah, you can tell me to do that. I'm not going to do it. Uh, if there's repercussions, as you said, there probably should be. And I think there should be if they're going to make the point to go that far. But if he continues to hold it, and, you know, maybe Heyman, Mark, does this make sense? Gets the lawyers involved. He could do something like that where he go, well, I, hey, the, the contract is ironclad. I can, I can take this match whenever I want. You can't, you can't tell my client what to do. He hmm. earned the right when he won that briefcase to take that match any time in the next calendar year. And we're going to do exactly that. And then he disappears. I almost wonder, Mark, would it be better for Brock Lesnar to disappear with the money in the bank briefcase because it would always have people wondering where the hell he is at. Yeah, and, and I mean, you kind of could tell that Brock wants to do his own thing uh, by the fact that the guy that's the closest to him, Paul Heyman, right. he disregards Paul 100% of the time, and there's nothing Paul can do about it. Brock calls the shots. So what does he think about Stephanie's opinion? What does he think about Triple H and Vince and Shane or anybody else in the office? He don't care about their opinions. That's right. Brock is going to do Brock. He's going to walk to the ring and act like the briefcase is a boombox. He's going to go down to the ring and beat people up. He Did you see how he beat Seth with that chair? Yes. The chair started to get mangled and twisted to where it was sharp on the edges, and it was cutting him when he hit him with it. He he finally had to just throw the chair away. It was becoming a knife. I mean, it was twisted, and pieces of steel were hanging off. I, I was like, man, my God, like, don't hit him with it no more. Yeah, he's done that before. I think he did it with Big Show years back at Royal oh. Rumble, where he beat. I mean, the the chair turned God. into a different object. It wasn't it wasn't useful as a chair anymore, but 
there you go. Once again, that adds to the will Seth even make it to Friday? And then if will Seth, he make it? If Seth doesn't make it to Friday, does Brock go on a rampage at Super Showdown? Do, do, do other people get in his way? Does that put Kofi in the mix? I think that, that if they want to build that up, there's a good air of intrigue there going into that show. That if they say Seth's not going to make it there. Well, then what happens with Brock Lesnar on Friday? If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. Undertaker, Goldberg. I think we've only seen them in the ring once together. Uh, Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. But we're actually getting a one-on-one match between the two on Friday at Super Showdown. They closed the show last night with The Undertaker. He actually got cut off by the uh, end of the show. But Undertaker closing the show last night to deliver a message to Goldberg. Let's hear that right now. Do you ever wonder what happens when you become face-to-face with death for the very first time? Does the sky grow dark? Does the ground begin to rip open at your feet? Or just do you choke at the stench of the souls that are already gone? Goldberg! This Friday, you will get the answers to all those questions. But when I stand across the ring for the very first time, I don't want Goldberg, the family man, smiling as his wife and son look up beaming with joy. I want the unstoppable, mythical, Icon Goldberg! I promise you, I promise you this, if you bring anything less, our first match will be your last. I will open the gates of hell and unleash an inhumane level of brutality for which you have never felt. When the Reaper beckons, You answer his call. I will claim your soul for all of eternity. Goldberg, you're next. And at Super Showdown, you will rest in peace. So there you go, Mark. Undertaker setting up Goldberg's return to the company. Haven't seen him uh, in the ring since WrestleMania 33 when he lost the Universal title to Brock Lesnar in a, a pretty quick match. But, you know, I don't know if this was ever really brought up many times back in the Monday Night War era as a, as a dream match, but they're putting together. It's a spectacle on Friday. That's what this is. That's just one of these matches. Uh, I don't feel like there's a ton of intrigue. And you and I were talking before the show is there enough story behind this match? Does there need to be story behind a match like this? There, there doesn't need to be. It's not about all the wins and losses that uh, Goldberg and Undertaker have amassed in all of these years. That That is no relevancy whatsoever. These are two of the greatest wrestling icons in the history of the game. And anytime that you can put together a fantasy warfare. You remember fantasy warfare in the yeah. back of the pro wrestling illustrated magazine? Absolutely. Of course. This is, that's, this that's, is it. Yeah. Yeah. The this fact is that the that's modern happening. day fantasy warfare. You put this together on the video games when it's you like, Oh, he's, this... he's a character in the game. Oh wow. I right. can actually do this. That's what this is. That is exactly what this is. And the, did you hear what the undertaker said? I don't, I don't want the family man. I want you to act as if you have nothing to lose because this is going to be remembered throughout the annals of time. And I want to see Goldberg go into this 
like it's the first and his last match. If there is a story to this, I kind of like that he said the family man thing because Goldberg has brought his son in the ring, you know, the last go-around a couple of years ago. He has said, you know, I I wasn't going to wrestle, but now I have a son and a family, and I can kind of show this off, and this is what I do, and this is what Dad does. I like that Taker reference that. I want the guy that was running through WCW, uh, you know, uh, back in the 90s. I want That's the guy I want. Yeah, you were champion the last time you were here, but it, it was almost like a, a victory lap of sorts, the Goldberg return last time. This is – he's trying to get something more out of Goldberg. He's trying to pull that killer, that guy that was destroying people in 30 seconds on Nitro and Thunder 20 years ago. That's the guy he wants out there on Friday. So I do like that aspect of it from Undertaker is trying to pull uh, you know, something from the past out of Goldberg. But is that enough for you guys? Is, is that a reason you're watching? Is that one of the reasons you're watching? Is that a top reason you're watching? If, if I was Goldberg... And, and and he mentioned my my family. Uh-huh. He mentioned my kid. I go on the I go on TV tonight, and I say I look at the camera. Put the camera on my face. Listen, dude. You're a man. You will bleed like anybody else, and it's inevitable now that you mention my family. You don't mention my family. You wanted the Goldberg that was a hundred. And, oh, you got him. I'm leaving my family at home. I'm not going to make a return trip. It's a one-way match. I'm coming to meet you with no return in mind. You wanted it, you got it. Like, you, he has got to be able to convince us yep. as fans that there's not going to be no smiling this ain't the guy that you see on 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 the shows on television where he's racing cars and and he's building knives that cut through <laughs> whatever materials they put in front of him. He's got to go in there and be the Bill Goldberg that we all used to be like when that music started playing and he started walking down the hallway, you knew. Just like when you heard somebody's going to get it. Somebody was going to get their ass kicked. Somebody was going to get hurt. Somebody was going to get treated with disrespect because Bill Goldberg and his matches, um, even even the matches that I've had with him, he came to the ring like I was not the world's strongest man. He came to the ring like I was just another guy that was going to be a victim. If we get that guy, you don't need build up. You don't need a storyline. You just need to turn the music on and let these two monsters walk to the ring. And it's going to be like Godzilla and Mothra. I hope so. And, and that's tonight. Tonight's the key. This is how he answers tonight. I tonight love your idea. Tonight is the key. He has got to come out spitting fire and brimstone. I hope he does that. We'll uh, see that tonight. Let's get some of your calls in here. Let's talk about Undertaker with Mike from Tennessee. Mike, is this the match you're most intrigued by this weekend? Your thoughts on Taker and Goldberg? Hey guys, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Good, good morning. To you. Uh, I, I hate to disagree with you, Mark, but you know wrestling's just kind of been all all about the storyline for me. And you know, I'm a nostalgia guy, so the Undertaker and Goldberg match is the match that I'm looking forward to. But you know, there's just been no build up for it. It's been rushed, and it just goes to show you last night when the Undertaker gets cut off at the end of Raw after a three hour show, and you can't even finish the full segment of the main attraction of the night that you built up for the whole three hours. And it's just, you know, it just feels rushed to me. And, you know, I don't understand why we can't get three weeks of Undertaker and Goldberg program, uh, promos and Triple H and Randy Orton, three weeks of seeing them in the ring with each other. I mean, it's just, everything just feels so rushed about these Saudi trips and it's just hard to get into, I guess. Listen, there's, and it's okay to disagree. There's no problem with that. But it's not the Undertaker's fault that right. people went long on the show and he got down to the nut cutting and he only had a certain amount of time. That That's not his fault. That's that's not the fault of uh, him and Bill Goldberg matching up on Friday. It has no bearing whatsoever. It's just a matter of time. 
everybody know what was said at the end of that. He didn't have to. He could have said rest in, and it could have went off then. So, I mean, it didn't matter. I think the bigger thing is just the frustration with WWE as a whole and the writing and the – and the and the scripts and you know the the creative part of it you know allowing that to happen you know it's just that's just the overall frustration of you know what John Moxley's been talking about sure. lately and uh, you know it's it's just yeah you have a three hour show and it, you can't tell me that the whole three hours last night was a plus quality writing from the team last night and then you you can't even get in the the best attraction of the night in my opinion. By, by by two or three seconds, I, I I don't think, and I understand everything that was said. And thank you for the call, Mike from from John Moxley. I I, I get all of that stuff. I don't think that had anything to do with Goldberg and Undertaker losing three seconds at the end of the show last night. And Mark, I'd say this: you said it yourself before. This did not need weeks of talking segments build up. I think that would have hurt no. the match if that's the way they're going to do it. It's, Matt, the, it's the fantasy gonna, warfare. Man, there's going to be a hundred calls like that where people try to make it a competition, that people want to worry about what John Moxley said. They want to they wanna be a, uh, you know, I'm going to choose a side, and I'm only going to watch AEW, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm about this life. No. Like, all of those people, like, don't call. I don't want to hear that. Like, it's not about a competition. It's not a competition. If if you if you sided with somebody and you you're saying to yourself, you know what, I'm siding with John Moxley. I'm gonna make him the beacon of hope in wrestling and all of that. Then I, I'm gonna tell you right now, you are fixing yourself into a corner. You painting yourself into a corner. That's not that's not what we're doing here. What we're doing here is we are giving you the news and the highlights of pro wrestling and sports entertainment, all of it together. We're not choosing a side. We want it all because we're a fan. And if you want to choose a side, that's up to you. But I'm going to let you know you're wrong on a couple of ways. A couple of ways I'm going to let you know you're wrong. All right. If you you put yourself in a place – where it, it 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 only matters to you about one guy's personal issues, then you're negating what this business is, and that's variety. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. We now get into, Mark, I think the one part of the show, outside of the in-ring performances of Ricochet and Cesaro last few weeks, I really believe the one thing that almost everybody is in agreement on is the Firefly Funhouse and looking forward to it every week. It's a different presentation, not only from the rest of Raw, but it's a different presentation from what Bray Wyatt has been. Um, And I'll tell you what I love about it, Mark. They introduced that, that darker side. But then they've gone back. They go, oh, that's just this is just part of Bray Wyatt. And, and let's hear the yo-yoing us. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Let's hear uh, a little bit of last night's Firefly Funhouse. To be at your best, you gotta look good and feel good. This is my friend Huskus the Pig Boy, and as you can see, he doesn't take very good care of himself. But chocolate feels so good in my little piggy belly. I want more. Oh, Huskus. You know, nobody's going to tell you this, buddy. But one day, all this excessiveness and gluttony is going to come back to bite you in the tail. But one day, you could be great. One day, people are going to tell you that you're a genius. They're going to say you have the whole world in your hands. Really? Really. Yeah! 
The both of you better get your act together or you're, you're... Yowie, wowie. Hold on, boss. Huskies will get his act together. <laughs> Trust me. So, Mark, I was watching the show on a little bit of a delay last night, and I, all I saw was the still of that puppet, and I was like, is that Satan Pat Sajak? And I went, oh, no, it's Vince. I, I got it. Yeah. They did a Satan Vince McMahon puppet on Raw. That was a thing. And then it danced. They did like a music video about why it's Jim. There were so many. Le- as, as, if you just look at it and just saw the stills, you went, this is goofy. But then if you look at it, there were a lot of layers to this. There was Bray Wyatt talking to a husky character, clearly hearkening back to his first character in WWE, Husky Harris, and being out of shape. And then they bring in Satan Vince McMahon, who is threatening to fire him. I don't know if there's something to that from the past. Was maybe I don't know if you know this, Mark. Was, was there some kind of mandate on, on Husky or Wyndham Rotunda, or whatever you want to call him, or Bray Wyatt, to lose weight, and then he lost the weight, and, and, and he would have been fired? There was so much to I loved, and this does not happen very often. And they hit him with the, you can change the world. Right. He referenced the Bray, the Bray Wyatt. Wyatt stuff. Yeah. It doesn't like it was, happen it enough. A, it doesn't happen enough. And, and I'm going to tell you something that I experienced while uh, at the show. I, I was watching that segment in the production office. And these the, the guys in the production office, they don't stop to watch the wrestling. They don't always stop. They're they're running errands. They're they're trying to put fires out. You know, take care of this, take care of that. They got a lot of work to do. But when the Firefly Funhouse came on, everybody said, "Turn, they, they turn, shh, 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 turn the music off. Here it is. It's on. It's on. It's on." And everybody was crowded around the TV. Turn it up. Turn it up at the monitor. And watched, and people were like, whoa. Like, wow, man, that was crazy. And 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 I'm, these are people that, they're not around the ring. Right. They're, they're never around the talent. They The only time they see talent is when a talent comes in and goes, hey, um, I need to get my car took to the airport. And I'm jumping in with somebody else. Is there, can you get find a way to get my? You, you, you're getting things taken care of when sure. you're going to production office. They're working. It's a, it's a three hour show on TV, but there's a hell of a lot going on behind the scenes to make sure it all right. happens to make during it and after the work. show. And they absolute ate it up. So sell out at the monitor, you'd say, Mark. Sell out at the monitor, and they there was two or three people that's like. All you gotta do is just let me in. <laughs> they were saying it real creepy, and and I'm like, this is beyond wrestling. This is this is worldwide entertainment, and I'm I'm proud of it in a lot of sense. But I'm also like, you know what? Maybe they should do more of this added into wrestling stories. Like whatever is going on there needs to trickle down. There needs to be a trickle-down effect to uh, to the matches. I mean, they, they are doing it a little bit with, with R-Truth and the 24-hour. There's an uh, element of entertainment that sometimes goes goofy and, and wrong and, and almost corny. This is different. This is, this is way different. My comparison to this, not that it's the same thing, but that element of entertainment that's taking it outside of the realm of, of in-ring is when Matt Hardy did his stuff with the uh, all the delete stuff at the Hardy compound in TNA and Impact. That was completely separate from what was happening in the ring. And yes, he would have matches and yeah. all that, but you were tuned in because it looked different. It sounded different. It was different. I, I said this to you guys before the show, and I, I think Bullies talked about this as well. I am in no rush to see Bray Wyatt get back in the ring. I don't think it needs to happen anytime soon. I think you can continue to build this out, and it's going to add to the will he wrestle? What is he going to do? Will he just show up in the ring, and it's not a match? And, you know, is he going to do a Firefly Funhouse live on Raw or on SmackDown or on a pay-per-view? I love this old little thing he's created. Right? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know how he would do it. 
Could he do I, it? I think Does this, he even need to do to, it? It's going to have to be one of those things where he's, he, he basically says, I want, I want you to, I have a secret. I want, I want, I want to let the secret out. The secret has got to be told. Everybody's got to experience this, 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 this meeting, this, this introduction to somebody that can fix it. This guy can fix it. My, my, my friend can fix it. Right. And, and, and when, when, when you say let him in, Somebody's going to be cutting a promo. And I don't know who that person is going to be. But when they when they say, "You know what? Sometimes you just got to you just got to surrender and you just got to let things happen. You just got to let him in." And when that day comes and he shows up, brother, wrestling is going to change because that character is going to be Undertaker like if they it's, let it, because they, they had that chance with Bray and they didn't it. do it. Right. You can't rush it. And they're not. And no one is. That's the thing. Is anyone clamoring to see Bray Wyatt in the ring right now? No. And that's, okay. that's the, good. Right. That's I a good thing. I will wait until people go, look, okay, enough is enough. Um, if I watch one more Firefly Funhouse sure. episode, I'm going to throw rocks at the television. I've that's seen when you go for it. I've seen stuff get run into the ground by that any company. You go too far, and it's all right. You, you, you went too much. We're not even close to that. And it's because they keep doing different things. And it's because Bray has now, this past show, talked about his past. Talked yeah. about, do you see a weird Vince McMahon character? He's dancing. They have let this happen slowly. And you can buy into, wait, there's a Wyatt Jim and there's a Vince McMahon Satan puppet dancing because they've built this. It's so different, and it's so separate from everything else on Raw. But what I like, Mark, is I was the only one that said this. When Sami Zayn was hanging upside down a couple weeks ago, it was, well, who did that to him? It was Braun. Oh, actually, it was Brock. What if it was revealed that it was Bray? And what if these little things keep happening, and he goes, actually, I was responsible for that. And what if they intersplice the clip? For a half a second, a frame, and it was the clip of Sammy hanging upside down or something else that happens or whatever, you know, the ambulance driving away, somebody else gets beat up and we don't know what, and he just, you just start throwing those clips in and go, oh my God, he was responsible for all of this. Whether he did it or he controlled how it happened, you now build up a mythical character. And I do think that's what people wanted Bray Wyatt to be on his initial run. And as many big matches as he had, Mark, the problem was this profit, this I'm going to do this, he didn't win enough. He didn't win those big matches enough of the time. And I think that's the intrigue here is that there's this mythical belief and being and we don't know what he is or what he's capable of. And if over time they continue to build that up and he has a control. And, and I would say this, Mark, would you give him a following again? Would you give him someone with him would you not a new Wyatt family but a new following or do you just let him be him on his own how would you go about bringing Bray Wyatt back into the is he better off at this point because the family the the faction dynamic has happened is he better off on his own because Mark he can play multiple characters I I don't think so I don't I don't think that I would bring him back in a capacity where he had to fight for a championship. I wouldn't bring him back in a capacity where he was going to vie for something in wrestling. Totally different. I He's would, totally separate from that. You know, you know what, what I would, what I, how I would do it? Go it ahead. would be like Kelvin, Kevin Sullivan and Dusty Rhodes. It would be like he would be a tormentor. He would be somebody that this is an example of what's wrong with wrestling. And I'm here to fix it. I'm going to make it go away. And, you know, you get that going, brother, now you got some money brewing. You are printing money. Do you think, though, that this has gotten, and I, I say this a lot, and I think it's happened in NXT, certain heels and certain characters are just so good at being entertaining, and they do their jobs so well that they get cheered. 
I wonder if that could happen with this character. It is obviously there's a darkness to this character, and we've seen hints of it, and, and there's different layers to it. But is it so entertaining and so interesting that he gets cheered? I, I don't think it's going to get cheered. I think that people are going to be like, <gasps> oh. Do they have gonna... to be aware of that, I guess, is maybe what I'm saying. Do they have to be protective of if they want this to be dark and heelish that they got to make sure he stays in that direction? The, the WWE is going to have to protect this character. They're going to have to allow this character to have range and to do things like I said. You cannot make this a uh, good guy, bad guy. You have to make this an entity. The Undertaker is not a good guy, bad guy. Right. When that, when that music, when that gong hits and the Undertaker is walking to the ring, that person is in jeopardy. That person is fearful of not just surviving the match, but are you going to end up in a body bag and your character never be seen again? It's going to be the eraser. You need to this, be this scared of the consequences. He, yes. This, there's got to be there's, – there's some stuff that goes on in wrestling that's not successful. It's not working. And you got to throw it in the scrap heap. That's going to be the legacy of this character initially, to clean it up. I'm going to get rid of things because it's just not good. Nobody wants to see that. And he, that character is going to be creepy. And, like, I mean, just talking about it creeps me out a little Good. bit. I don't like horror movies. But I, I know what they are, and I know what they do to you mentally because I'm scarred right now as a 48-year-old man that when I see twins, I, I get weirded out. <laughs> when I walk down a hallway and I hear like giggling, like laughter, like <laughs> I, I, I get scared. I'm, 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 say, I'm, I'm not afraid, ashamed of saying I get scared. I'm ready to fight. I'm not going to run. I, I'm built for fighting, not running. But I'm just saying, it wears me out to the point where I feel like I have to defend myself. You got to be on guard. That's what I think you this character is You got to be and, on guard. And, and you don't know where he's coming from. Do. Yep. Yes. And I almost like the idea if he does show up, he is the happy guy. And then you're totally thrown off. Well, wait a minute. I thought he, and then he, there's, there's, a, there's a turn. There's a snap there where that character changes or in a match. Or, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's the happy character for a while. There's, there's elements of Doink here, the original Doink, where it was the happy, oh, ha, ha, ha. And here's the flower. And, and then it was the, the music change. And there, there could be, there's elements of that here that they could work in. I think they have already. That could really, really work because it is so different. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.